Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the first book of Kings. The brook near where Elijah was hiding ran dry, because no rain had fallen in the land. So the Lord said to Elijah, Move on to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have designated a widow there to provide for you. He left and went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the entrance of the city, a widow was gathering sticks there. He called out to her, Please bring me a small cupful of water to drink. She left to get it, and he called out after her, Please bring along a bit of bread. She answered, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked. There is only a handful of flour in my jar and a little oil in my jug. Just now I was collecting a couple of sticks to go in and prepare something for myself and my son. When we have eaten it, we shall die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you propose. But first make me a little cake and bring it to me. Then you can prepare something for yourself and your son. For the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of flour shall not go empty, nor the jug of oil run dry, until the day when the Lord sends rain upon the earth. She left and did as Elijah had said. She was able to eat for a year, and Elijah and her son as well. The jar of flour did not go empty, nor the jug of oil run dry, as the Lord had foretold through Elisha. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, let your face shine on us. Lord, let your face shine on us. When I call, answer me, O my just God. You who relieve me when I am in distress, have pity on me and hear my prayer. Men of rank, how long will you be dull of heart? Why do you love what is vain and seek after falsehood? Lord, let your face shine on us. Know that the Lord does wonders for his faithful one. The Lord will hear me when I call upon him. Tremble and sin not. Reflect upon your beds in silence. Lord, let your face shine on us. O Lord, let the light of your countenance shine upon us. You put gladness into my heart, more than when grain and wine abound. Lord, let your face shine on us. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand, where it gives light to all in the house. Just so, your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, brothers and sisters, we are offering the special mass prayers for giving thanks to God for human life, a set of prayers that your priests in your own parish can also use on the days where um, it is appropriate. And we offer this Mass that our light may shine in regard to protecting, defending, upholding the sacredness of human life. The sacredness of life means that we come from God, we belong to God, we go back to God. We are His and we are a reflection of Him. His glory shines through us. His presence, His image is manifested in every human life. We see in this reading from the first book of Kings how a love for life, a sustaining of life, because that's what's going on here. Elijah meets the widow and she thinks she and her son are going to die because they have no more food. Elijah says, no. No, take care of me and trust in the Lord. Now, he's asking a lot of her. Because even if he were to just say to her, trust in the Lord for you and your son, the jar will not go empty, that would have been a major step of trust. But then he adds himself to the equation. And in fact, he says, bring me the bread first. Then provide for yourself and your son. So he's asking her to take care of someone who's in need and to trust God for the provision of life. Well, this is exactly what's needed now. Because in a culture of death, people are looking at themselves and saying, oh, I, I want to do things my way. I want to have this, I want to follow this path. I don't want to be burdened by these burdens. I want to take care of myself. And I'm not going to let anybody be dependent on me that I don't choose to to have as someone dependent on me. And I wouldn't have the resources to do it anyway, we often hear them say. But if a child is in the womb, the child is already there. Putting aside the question of what led to the circumstances of the pregnancy or whether it was right or wrong or appropriate or inappropriate, the fact of the matter is that once the child is in the womb, the child exists. It's no longer a question of whether to bring a child into the world. The child's in the world already. It's a question now of whether to throw the child out of the world, more precisely, whether to dismember and kill that child. That's the choice. We don't make pro as much progress as we should in the debate over abortion because we're not even framing the question the right way. The child is there. So now it's a situation of Elijah and the widow. And the symbol of widow is appropriate, too, because so often in the abortion scenario, the father is absent, the father is not supportive, the father is not there. And someone might be physically there, but still not there, because he says, well, this is your choice, I'm leaving this completely up to you. Well, he might think that that's the right thing to say, but that just leaves that mom more isolated. Well, thanks a lot. You're just putting the burden of this whole thing on me. That doesn't help her. But the culture of life says, 
We are responsible for each other before we choose. And we can move forward trusting in the Lord because life is more important than simply calculating numbers and resources and to coming to the conclusion that I don't have enough and then resorting to violence as a result of my despair. No, trust and confidence and the assurance of help because this trust is not a figment of the widow's imagination here. It's coming from the mouth of Elijah. Trust in the Lord to provide for yourself and your child. We need to be Elijah today to the widows, not just technically, literally the widows, but those moms who feel alone in their pregnancy, alone with the burden of an unplanned, unexpected pregnancy that they feel they cannot handle, alone with the burden of children, and instead by our help, by our words of prophecy, by our invitation to them to trust in the Lord and in the help that we can provide, we turn that burden into a blessing. We help them to see the blessing of that child and the blessing of trusting in the Lord. When we do this, when we open our hearts and open our mouths and inspire in people who are in despair because of their pregnancy, the courage and the confidence in the Lord that Elijah inspired, then we are being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. The light of hope in a world of despair. What is the mission of the pro-life movement? You can sum it up by saying it's to replace despair with hope. The thousands of pregnancy centers which outnumber the abortion facilities by about four to one. Things have truly improved and progressed over these decades since Roe v. Wade in terms of the response of the people of God to the widows, to all the moms who feel so alone. The response of the people of God, the light of the culture of life, has grown greater and stronger. People are asking in these days, if Roe v. Wade is reversed, what are we going to do for all the moms who no longer will be getting abortions? It's like, we're going to do exactly what we've been doing for the last 50 years. What do you think we've been doing? There's plenty of moms who have either change their mind about abortion, or because of certain regulations that do exist in the states and that have been permitted by the court, certain abortions cannot take place because they haven't fulfilled certain requirements. What do we do for them? Well, everything that we have been doing. We come alongside them. We give them counseling. We give them encouragement. We help them to find employment, places to stay, give them parenting classes, assist them to make adoption plans, whatever the need is. Give them medical services. We've been doing, this is not like, this is just like, oh, this new need is going to come about all of a sudden. Oh, maybe we better start helping the mothers. This is what the pro-life movement's been doing all along. Let's rejoice with that confidence in God that Elijah inspired that the widow of Zarephath embraced 
and that we embrace as we build a culture of life. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.